when you look at Israel, uh, getting into the promised land involved fighting some battles. It wasn't automatic. And I think as a Christian, we have to have that same uh, mentality where we're prepared to fight. We're prepared to go into battle. We don't want to withdraw ourselves, sit on the sidelines and say, well, I just want it all to be automatic. <laughs> uh, I don't want to fight. I don't want to have to take ground. I don't want to have to stand my ground. I just don't want to be anywhere near a battle. And uh, that's not the Christian life. Um, but praise the Lord, he's given us everything we need in order to be victorious in these battles. So I hope that uh, your walk with the Lord is strong, that you are spending time with him, that you're enjoying being with the Lord. Uh, yeah, just I really hope that, uh, that your relationship with God is growing in, in that area and that uh, you love the Lord, you want, to be, you want to be with the Lord more than you want to be here. You're more excited about spending time with the Lord tomorrow morning than you are about being at church on a Sunday. I would love that. <laughs> because I am, myself. Okay, so let's, uh, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, we've been looking at this passage in Ephesians in chapter 6. And we've, we're covering uh, the defensive parts of our armor. We've looked at two already. We're going to have a look at another two today. And so let's just uh, let's turn to Ephesians 6 and we'll read it from verse 10. So it says here um, that it says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor or the breastplates of God's righteousness. We spoke about those, it uh, wasn't last week, whenever the last time I preached was, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. So we've covered those two already. I won't cover them again. Um, and then it says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. So the third item that we're going to look at this morning is the shoes of the gospel of peace. The New King James actually says this. It says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So it's a preparation. These shoes are a preparation that we put in place. It's uh, something that we need to do, something that we need to prepare with. And so this is, also, this is part of the defensive armor. It's part of God's armor that he's given us. It's not our own armor. It's actually God's armor. And remember that Paul is comparing the spiritual armor with the armor that a Roman soldier would have worn in Paul's day. So if you can picture that, I did 
have a picture, but I forgot to bring it. I'll bring it, I'll bring it next week on the last one. But a Roman soldier had all these elements uh, to, to their armor. So the breastplate, the helmet, the belt, the sword, the shield, and shoes. And um, a Roman soldier, put this down, had, had these kind of leather boots that they wore, and they, they had a whole lot of kind of ties or straps on the top, so they were custom, they could be custom fit to any size foot. So it was kind of like a one size fits all shoe because you just tied the tops together with leather. And uh, the boots were essential because a Roman soldier was expected to be able to march up to 30 Ks every single day. And without shoes, you just cannot do that. You can't do that kind of distance barefoot. And so shoes were a vital part of, of the soldier, and it gives mobility, and mobility is vital for an army. Just think about it. It's no good having an army of a million people, million soldiers, if you can't get them to the battle. Amen? It's absolutely useless. And so these shoes were critical because they got the soldier to the battle. And you can imagine 30, 30 k's a day of marching uh, that's something like from here to Adelaide in three weeks type of thing. And you can, I can just imagine hundreds and hundreds of thousands of soldiers marching along. The dust and the thundering noise of the, of the, the boots hitting the ground in exact timing would have been quite a frightening sight. Eh? And so they had these leather sandal boots. And, uh, and they fit perfectly. Like I said earlier, they were custom fit. And that's important because when it comes to sharing the gospel, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Sharing the gospel is something that you customize. The message is the same, but the way you share it, you customize to your own style or personality or whatever. Some people are more outgoing and some people are more shy. Some people are good with words. Some people are not good with words. doesn't matter. There's still a preparation, and the gospel still needs to be shared, no matter who we are. Amen? No matter what our personality type is. It's interesting that, that Paul says to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. And he wasn't an evangelist. It doesn't matter who you are. You might think, well, I'm a pastor. I'm a prophet. I'm more into teaching. I'm more into the word. It doesn't matter. Every single one of us Amen. is called to be a witness. Three of you said amen, eh? <laughs> Even today, in a combat situation, often soldiers will sleep with their boots on. It's a readiness. It's a preparation that is done in advance. It's not done, oh my goodness, I'm in a battle. Where are my shoes? Running around with Mortar shells going off everywhere, trying to find your shoes. They've got to be put on before the battle even begins. Before you even enter the battle, your shoes need to be on. And that's why it's the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay? Wearing boots means that you're ready to move. And you're ready to go to where God wants you to be. Jesus said in Matthew 28... He said, go and make disciples, preach the good news. He said, go, 
You can't go without the shoes on. You can't preach the good news without first being prepared to know what to say. And so Paul is saying here, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. It's no good finding ourselves in a situation where we are in combat and we need our shoes on. We don't know where they are. We can start preparing today. Amen? And I think that this preparation involves two parts, just like you've got to put two shoes on. It's no good having one boot on. You've got to have two boots on. (laughs) And so firstly... The first part of the preparation is this. If we're to share the gospel, we need to prepare ourselves with some basic knowledge of how to do that. It's no good saying, yes, I'm keen, I'm keen to share the gospel with someone, and then go, but I don't even know what the gospel is. I don't know one scripture about what the gospel is. I don't know what to say. The preparation needs to happen before you go and approach someone. Okay? There are some basic facts and some basic scriptures that we just need to be aware of. And I think that it's not hard to learn this, but it's surprising how many Christians don't know how to share the gospel. And I'm not talking about here, I'm talking about in general. I know all of you know how to share the gospel. There's just a few basic facts, okay? And let me give you four scriptures, four easy to memorize scriptures. And I want you to, this week, to memorize these four scriptures. And I'm going to test you next week. Amen? (laughs) There's no good just hearing the word and not doing anything about it. Amen? We've got to act upon it. Otherwise, it's pointless. I think it's more and more, it's my conviction that the three biggest areas of weakness in the church worldwide today is number one is there's a lack of discipline. People don't know how to discipline themselves. They don't know how to meditate on Scripture, study Scripture. They just don't know how to discipline their lives. And if we can't discipline our lives, if we can't lead ourselves, we can't lead anybody else. It starts with ourselves. The second thing is that I think we don't know how to pray. Christians don't know how to pray and get the answer to what they're praying for because their prayers are just not based on Scripture. It's just hope. I hope one of these things is going to land in the ear of God and He'll do something about it. And the third thing is I I seriously think that there's uh, a lack of understanding of what true worship is around, around the world. Those three things. So... Let's take the time to memorize just four simple scriptures. So you're going to need to take these down or don't come next week. (laughs) Because you might be embarrassed. (laughs) You need to write these down. Okay? (laughs) Let's be Christians with our shoes on. Next week we're all coming with our shoes on. No one's coming with one boot on, one boot off, or no boots. (laughs) All right, they're very, very easy. And there are more, but these things will give you just some basic handles to speak to people about. 
And remember, when you're, sharing, when you're sharing about God, when you share the Word of God, you don't need to prove it. God's Word does not need you to back it up and prove it. It, it needs to be proclaimed. And when you proclaim the Word, you don't prove anything. You just say it. If they reject it, well, that's how it is. If they accept it, that's how it is. But you don't need to prove why it's true. You just say it. Okay. Romans 3.23 is the first one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Simple. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then the second one that's linked to that is Romans 6.23. Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23. And that's even simpler. The wages of sin is death. So basically, what are you saying to the person that you are speaking to? You're a sinner. You have to pay with death. No excuses. No get out of jail free. Every single person on earth is in major trouble. We have to present it like that. Otherwise, when we tell them about Jesus, it won't be good news. It'll just be some news. Okay, It's good news because of the trouble we're in. We've got no hope. We've got no chance. And then you give them the good news. John 3.16. You probably know all these, right? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We're in trouble. We're all sinners without excuse. But praise God, he sent his son so that if you believe in him and what he did, you don't have to perish, but you can receive eternal life. Jesus came to die in our place. And he did die. He died, he was buried, and he rose again from the grave on the third day. And then the final scripture, Romans 10.10. 10. It's a little bit longer. Romans 10.10. 10. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. You believe in your heart, and you openly declare it, and you're saved. That's it. You're in trouble. Jesus came to save. You believe it, and you speak it out publicly, and you're saved. That's it. That is how you lead someone to the Lord. And on top of that, you can share your own personal experience of what's happened in your life if you want to. But those are the basic, basic building blocks of what the gospel is, is all about. Alrighty. If you do that, you're preparing yourself to share the gospel. You're putting on your boots. You're ready to go into combat. Yeah. Awesome. Actually, you're putting on one boot. Okay? <laughs> the other part... The other boot is that it is the gospel of peace. If we're going to tell others about peace with God, we better have peace ourselves. When Jesus sent out his disciples, what did he tell them? The very first thing, he said this in Luke 10 verse 5. He said, whenever you enter someone else's home, first thing, say to them, May God's peace be on this house. There are so many Christians who share the gospel in a way that isn't peaceful. They Bible bash. 
They try and shove the gospel down people's throats. They're not ready to receive it. They're not in the right frame of mind. The kids are running right in, in the car park. They're trying to pack the groceries in the car. They don't know what to do. And you're like, oh, this person's in trouble. They need the gospel. Yes, maybe down the line they need the gospel. But right now they just need you to help them get their groceries in the car. And if your attitude is, I want the peace of God to flow through me into this person's life, you will have an opportunity to share the gospel. Maybe just, just offer to say, hey, you look like you're struggling. Let me help you now. And then when you've helped them, say, look, I'd love to catch a coffee with you. Maybe next week when things are quiet, when things have calmed down a bit. And then you'll have your opportunity to share the gospel. That's, you see that with Jesus. People come to him and they, they need healing. They need help. What does he do? He doesn't just say, oh, brother, you know, you, you need healing. But, but really what you need is you need to believe in me. He didn't do that. He healed them. He helped them. He fed them. They were hungry. He could have said, listen, guys, bread's not that important. You need spiritual food. And they're all starving there. Jesus fed them first. He met their need. He always ministered peace into people's lives. We've got to use our wisdom and discernment when witnessing. You know, and if, if you're struggling to know how to do that, hang around people that know how to do this. Hang around Joe. Come to the cafe and watch how he talks to people. You'll learn a lot. And you'll see he, he's not handing out tracts. That's old school. That's not, that's, not, uh, that's not giving the gospel in a way that's peaceful. Because when someone is in the plaza trying to hand me a pamphlet, my immediate thing is, what is this guy trying to sell me? I don't, I'm not interested. That's exactly what they think of a Christian trying to hand them a tract. You've got an agenda you're not really that interested in them. You just want to wanna tick on the, on the belt of another one saved type of thing, another one added into the church. But when you're helping someone, when you're questioning them, talking about their life, finding out what's going on in their family, how, how's their, how are their children, and next time you see them, you remember their name, their kid's name, that opens doors big time. And then you can share the gospel. Okay. So let's get prepared. Let's memorize some scriptures and let's minister in the peace of God. Both shoes on. Now we're ready to go and meet people in the, in the fields of life, in the harvest fields. Okay? So that's the shoes. That's number three. Then number four is the shield of faith. And we're just going to cover this today, these two today. The shield of faith. Ephesians 6 verse 16 says this. It says, In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. The shield of a Roman soldier was needed to protect them against like an attack from archers. And they had a big shield. They had a shield that was like a rectangle. It was slightly rounded. But it, it was big enough to cover their entire body. And what would happen is 
is the, the tactics back then were they would have maybe hundreds or thousands of archers all gathered in a group. They would basically just kind of roughly aim into a certain area, and they would all fire at once. And so you're on the battlefield as a soldier. You just see this dark cloud of arrows coming down. And if your commander was on the ball and watching what's going on, they would shout, shields! And you'd lift your shield and get down, and the arrows would all pepper into your shields, and you'd be fully protected because the shield wasn't this size. It was big enough for your entire body. Okay. But the enemy is firing, not exactly randomly, but in a general area. It's not a specific targeted attack against you. It's in the vicinity of where you are. The enemy doesn't care if he takes out the person you're trying to witness to. He doesn't care if that guy gets pounded with arrows as well as you do. He's not interested in that. He just wants to cover a general area and hopefully do enough, enough damage over that area. But the wonderful thing is that the shield protects the whole body. The shield of faith protects our entire life. It covers every part of Christian life. It's not just certain things like the breastplate or the helmet. The, our faith is for our whole life. All your faith, when you hold it up, it covers all of you. It covers your whole life. Everything you're believing for. You may have heard... You may have heard Christians saying that we get painted with the same brush. And I think it's, this is partly of what this is speaking about, where there's just this generalized attack against Christians. And it might be some church or some pastor or some Christian person in another nation does something, and it's on the media and it's on the news, and all Christians get painted with the same brush. That's what happens. And so when we, when we as Christians are living our lives and we experience this kind of uh, overflow of persecution, of mockery, of slander, of whatever it is that comes against us, don't be surprised. It's part of Christianity 101. <laughs> Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you will be persecuted. You can't avoid it. We're going to be mocked. We're going to have people that say, you guys are mad. You're crazy. What do you think you're doing? Slander and lies are not just aimed at certain people. It's aimed at Christians in general. But what helps us defend against it is our faith. Our faith in God. We say we're prepared to put up with anything, any kind of accusation against us, because our faith and our hope is in Jesus. You might be the most loving, caring Christian in the world. But the truth is you cannot avoid being persecuted or slandered or mocked. doesn't matter how loving you are. doesn't matter how many friends you have. You cannot avoid it. You have to accept that. I know there's some Christians, they struggle with this. They're trying to do everything within their power to avoid being persecuted. And it's not biblical. You cannot do that. You don't need to worry about persecution. You've got a shield. Use it. 
If you're walking around with your shield on your side, then you are going to get hit and it's going to hurt. But lift it up. Take a stand for Jesus and say, I'm a Christian. I believe in this stuff. And the arrows will be extinguished. Notice it says you have to hold up the shield of faith. It's not automatic. We have to hold up our faith. Faith is not a private matter you put in your pocket. I'm an undercover Christian. (laughs) I come out at church. Hey, everyone knows I'm a Christian at church. As soon as I leave here, no one knows. I'm undercover. (laughs) I'm plain clothes, you know. I put my Christian clothes on at church. You can't do that. You've got to hold up your shield. Hold up your faith for all to see. Faith is something that we lay a hold of and we act upon. When God speaks to you, you have a revelation of God's word. You have to... You have to lay a hold of that word. You have to take a grasp of it. That Roman shield had some kind of straps or handles on the inside so that they could put their arm through and grasp it so that it didn't slip when they needed it the most. It was sturdy. It was firm on their arm so that they could hold it up against the arrows that come flying. And we've got to do that with with the word of God, with our faith, with what we believe We've got to take a firm grip on the Lord and not let go, no matter what happens in life. And our whole life will be covered. Every area of our life will be covered by faith. Whether it's persecution that's coming against us, or even if it's mocking. You know, sometimes as Christians, we are mocked. And I'm... Not proud to say it, but before I was a Christian, I was a mocker. I would give Christians a hard time and mock them. You're mad. What are you doing? You're believing in a God. You, what proof do you have? You've never seen. Have you ever seen Jesus? No. How do you know he even exists? How do you know this book is true? It's written by men, isn't it? I used to mock Christians. You've given up your whole life for what? You gave away you know, a good job or whatever it was. You had a future in something and you gave it up, what, to go into ministry? Are you mad? That's what I used to say. And now the shoe's on the other foot. (laughs) I'm the one with faith in Jesus. I'm the one believing that the invisible God that I worship came to earth in human form 2,000 years ago. That's what I believe. And that he died on the cross. He was buried and was raised to life and he is alive and well today. Have I ever seen him? No. Do I believe it? Absolutely. With every fiber of my being. And if you mock me, I don't care. I really don't. (laughs) I've had people go and say, What do you do for a living? You lead a church. Are you mad? Like, why would you want to do that today? Look at what's happening around the world. Look at the bad name the church has got. And you want to be linked to that lot? Who'd want to do that? Why would you do that? Why why not get a better job where you can earn more money? 
The church is outdated. People don't want Christianity these days. You left your country of birth. You left your job. You left your friends for Jesus. Are you mad? <laughs> That's what people have said. They can't understand. And the arrows like this, they come and they rain down on all of us as Christians. But we don't retreat and we don't run away from the mission field because the arrows are raining on the mission field. You try and go out there and witness and shine your light for Jesus, that's where the arrows are. Stay here. Don't tell anyone. Don't shine. Don't come out of the, you know, undercover and you'll be fine. There won't be arrows here. But try and step out there and shine for Jesus. That's where the arrows are. But we've got a shield. Amen. And so as we go out there, as we're talking to someone, we, we see the arrows or Jesus shouts, shields. We put our shields up, bang, 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 bang. Put it down, carry on witnessing. That person gets saved. We go to the next person. Shields. You make your faith public. You stand your ground. The arrows fall down. The person rejects Jesus. No problem. We don't have to sit there and try and prove and plead and everything. We share the gospel. And Jesus said, if they don't accept it, dust the, uh, the dirt, uh, shake the dust from your feet and go to the next place. Go to the next person. But we don't retreat and retreat because, oh, the arrows are firing everywhere out there. Maybe they're not aimed specifically at me, but I'm going to get hit if I go out there. The truth is, we cannot avoid it. We have to bear the shame that Jesus bore. Hebrews says we go outside of the camp to where Jesus is, and we link ourselves to him, and we bear the shame and the disgrace that he had. I think, you know, it's, it's fine for Christians to want to be cool to attract people for an opportunity to share the gospel. But it's not okay to try and present Christianity as, hey, we're the cool kids. This is the cool club. The rest of the world that don't believe aren't cool. We're cool. Come and join us. Because we're the ones that are going to get persecuted. We're the ones that are going to get mocked. That's what the Bible says. That's not cool. <laughs> it might be cool in heaven, but in earth, in the world, it's not. We have to accept that. You fall into a trap if you think, I've joined church to be in with the cool crowd. You won't survive. <laughs> because we have to have a mentality of, hey, the arrows are going to come down, but praise God, I've got a shield. I'm going to use it. I'm going to lift it up for all the world to see. I've got faith in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Matthew 10, verse 32 to 33. Sorry, let me, read, let me read John 15, 20 to 21 first. It says, Jesus said this, if we follow him, we're going to be persecuted. John 15, verse 20. Jesus said, do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. Don't, don't get all twisted in a knot when it's like people won't listen to me. They didn't listen to Jesus. If they listened to Jesus, they'd be listening to you. Some people are open, some people aren't. Don't get 
Don't get hung up on that. They will do this all. So, so they will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. You see, and then in Matthew 10, verse 32, Jesus says this. When you take a stand for Jesus, he takes a stand for you. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Be prepared to take a stand for Jesus. We've got a shield. Don't fear persecution. Don't fear mocking. Don't fear slander. Don't get worried because, oh, some church over there made a mistake and now everybody thinks all Christians are like that. Don't worry about that. You just keep going for Jesus. Hold up your shield. Wear your boots. Get ready. Share the gospel. And you know what happens when you do? The scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You can have beautiful feet. <laughs> Amen. The shoes of preparation, being prepared to share the gospel and the shield of faith. And it actually says it extinguishes the arrows, the fiery arrows. It extinguishes them. They come to nothing. I hope you can see that as we're going through this thing, that, that this armor is not some kind of super spiritual, weird force type of stuff that we're putting on. It's practical stuff. Wearing the belt of truth, it's being authentic, being honest, being real about who you are, not wearing a mask. The breastplate of righteousness, loving people, love in action, really loving. Having the righteousness of Christ, not our own righteousness. The shield of faith, it's your faith. What do you believe? Do you actually believe in Jesus? In, do you believe that this is the word of God, the inspired word of God? And what was the other thing? The, the shoes. It's practical. It's getting prepared. Memorizing just four easy scriptures. And, and coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, what you've done in my life, I'd love to see that happen in someone else. I'm at peace with you. I want to share that peace with someone else. It's, it's simple stuff. It really is. It's not, it's not complicated. And it's not kind of ethereal or pie in the sky or so spiritual we can't lay a hold of it it's just practical stuff that we can do in our day-to-day -day walk with the lord so i really hope that as we're going through this series you are getting victory in these different areas of your life because there is an enemy we we have to acknowledge that we do have an enemy the devil and he doesn't like what we're doing but we've been given wonderful armor and we've been given everything we need in order to be successful and to be able to share the good news of the kingdom, to see God's kingdom advance around us. So be encouraged this morning. Put on these various pieces of armor. Maybe you've recognized, hey, you know what? That piece is missing in my life. Just come before the Lord in your own time and say, Lord, help me with this area of my life. Help me to have faith. Maybe there's a lot of doubt in your life. Or maybe you're struggling to prepare. You're struggling to memorize some scriptures. Ask the Lord to help you. And he will. And uh, keep it simple. And follow the Lord. And you're going to see 
wonderful things happen in your life. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for all the good things that you're doing in our life. We thank you, Lord, for that wonderful testimony of healing. We thank you, Lord, for people being saved. We thank you, Lord, for just your goodness in our life and your faithfulness. You're a God who, uh, when you speak, you honor your word. You watch over your word. You always fulfill your promises. You, all, you always keep your promises. You're absolutely dependable, absolutely reliable, absolutely faithful in everything you do. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you're the rock on which we stand, that we don't stand, we haven't built our life on, on sinking sand or shifting sand. We stand on a rock, something solid. And so no matter what comes our way, no matter what challenges we face and the storms of life, we can stand firm on Jesus. I pray, Father, that there'd be just a, an outpouring of your Spirit in our lives this morning. I pray for your blessing upon us. And I pray that as we go into this week, that you would open doors of opportunity for us to speak to others and not be afraid, not be afraid of being mocked, not be afraid of being slandered, not be afraid of being persecuted, but be prepared to hold up our faith and to say, I believe in Jesus, you know, I hope you do too, to other people. I pray for opportunities this week in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.